Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Take take two. Take two. We weren't on. Yeah. I started to talk like we were and we were not. We were not. There's three of us today. Hi, Jessica. Hi. This is so fun. Yeah. Okay. Jessica, give the background on how you came to be in this chair how right now. How you came now. to be. Wow. That is a long story, but we will do a very short version. Honestly, I heard of Faith Through Fire through a friend and she had previously gone through breast cancer. And so she told me about Sarah Hall. And she told me about how you had had breast cancer six months after she had and you changed your whole life and your career in a different direction. And she just told me you were a really amazing person. So I immediately signed up for the mentor program that same day. I think I hung up the phone and got on the Internet and signed up. Is internet still what we say? Yeah. What? Okay. The World Wide, <laughs> the world world wide Web. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was win. like, is that outdated? And probably within 10 minutes, I had a friendly text on my phone from Sarah saying, hi, my name's my name's Sarah, and I'm here to help you. And then we sucked her in. And from there, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're <laughs> an avid podcast listener. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I've listened to every episode for sure once and then many three, four, five times, depending oh, on, I know. Depending I, on where you were in the journey. Correct. Got it. Yep. Yeah. So then we all became friends, you yep. know, because that's what happens. We get you through treatment. We get you to the other side. And then we just suck you in as as like a long time, you know, like lifelong friend. And so you went to the retreat with us. I think that's how I got to know you was yep. that Sarah was like, come to the survivor retreat. And yep. then we got to know each other. And then when you... When we started doing a quality of life series, we thought your story was really good and interesting. So we've come full circle. You went yeah. through the program and now here you are guesting on the podcast. Yes, man. That is a good feeling yeah. to make it through and be on this side is is awesome. It's pretty good, right? Now yep. people are going to hear your voice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about Jessica's story in terms of what you experienced post-surgery. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about courting, courting right? Courting. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's really what you're what you're talking about today is experiencing courting. And finally, what you can do to relieve the symptoms of courting, what Jessica did. But, but before we do all that, let's hear from our sponsor. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of Faith Through Fire. Thrivent believes money is a tool and not a goal. The Gateway Financial Group with Thrivent is local to the St. Louis area and can work with you to create a financial strategy that reflects your priorities and helps you protect the things that matter to you, like family and giving back. Please call 314-783-4214 to schedule a free consultation with one of Thrivent's Gateway Financial Advisors. We're back. So Jessica, give us a quick rundown of your story, your diagnosis, what happened and what did you have done? Okay. I was diagnosed one week before my 40th birthday with invasive lobular carcinoma. It ended up being estrogen and progesterone positive and HER2 negative. And I went straight to surgery, had a bilateral mastectomy. 
and after I healed from that, went started chemo, and I was on the AC Red Devil concoction for four rounds every other week, and then I did the dense dose of the Taxol, which was again four four treatments every other week, and then I was after I healed from that, the next step was radiation, twenty one treatments of radiation healed from that and then started all the hormone suppression therapy. And now it's been one year since I've been on all of the hormones. I'm impressed that you know, like the numbers of everything. I've already forgotten. Like when people say, how many did you have? I have to really think about it. Really? I think that comes from time. Like the further out you are, Mm -hmm. the less you think on that. I don't know. Do you agree, Sarah? Do you remember remember all your stats? I have, have well, I had four. Oh, yeah. That's easy. I have have moments where I'm like, I don't remember my drug. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. So you had surgery. So did I. I had a double mastectomy. You had a double mastectomy. What did you experience like post-surgery? So post-surgery, that very first bilateral mastectomy, I was referred to a lymphedema specialist and I got into her office within a week of surgery, which she kind of looked at me like, why are you here? And I told her I was referred and then it was the first available appointment. But so she immediately started looking at my left side, mainly my left side, because that was my cancer side. And she kind of just looked around, took measurements, did my range of motion. I was super concerned about my range of motion just because I love to work out. I love to lift lift weights. And if I don't have range of motion, I know I can't do the things that I enjoy doing. Jessica's real active. Right. I am. I love to be moving and working. Yeah, you're out. like Sarah. Like that's your release, right? Yes, well, you're 100%. a PE teacher. Correct. I am so a PE it's teacher. Kind of like you it's have to. it's my life. Yeah, yes. That's, yeah. <laughs> and I and, grew up playing sports, and it's just always carried me through. And you went to see the therapist before or after surgery. My first visit was after surgery, okay. and I had a couple visits with her. It's interesting that she that said, fall. why are you here? Because usually, like, the therapists I talk to are like, I wish the surgeons would send somebody before surgery so we can get a baseline uh-huh. measurement. And then we can compare it after surgery. So it's interesting that was her reaction because maybe she's used to people coming when they have problems or well, develop lymphedema. Well, before surgery would be preventative care. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. We do struggle with preventative yeah, care. we do. We do struggle with yeah. that. But she got you in a week after. That's, that's yes. progress. I still had the drains in uh, and we were being careful as to how That to might be why she was like, why she are pro- you here? She was, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So she felt around and is that when she felt courting? So it was during those first couple visits that we immediately noticed the cording. And I I have had it for since that surgery, since shortly after. And it never really got better. And I even made a comment to her at one point about how I guess this is just my life. I have to get used to this like cording and always be just being really tight and uncomfortable. And it was always like so confusing to me. Like it, it, ste- it seemed to stem from the drain holes uh-huh. underneath the implant all the way up through my armpit and through my arm. Uh-huh. And she would do a, some light massaging and some exercises. And I was just going to say, because I, w- I wanted to like confirm what cording is for people who are listening, because I didn't get cording from surgery, but a lot of women do. Mm-hmm. It's basically a painful common side effect of lymph node removal. And it says that it's the development of scarring or connective tissue under the arm. So is that what it felt like? It felt like scar tissue and it was real tight. Is that, yes. is that basically it? And basically, if you if I was laying down on my back and put my arm above my head, you could see 
like it what looked like a string mm-hmm. coming through mm-hmm. my armpit. Mm. Well, I thought the interesting part because when I was doing a little reading about it, it's like doctors don't really know when or why it happens. Like, they, oh, there's no way to really know. <clears throat> yeah, or like who will be impacted or affected. And it comes from the lymph node removal, is what I read. Hmm. So not necessarily just because you had a surgery, but mostly impacted because you have a lymph node that is removed. I'd be curious. Is it always immediately after or can it develop years later? And then that's a good question. Mm. Oh, you know what? I read that it you if you're going to have it, it'll be usually after, sometimes a couple of weeks after, but that once you get it treated, it can come back. Hmm. So you have to kind of stay on top of it. But this was after your first surgery? Or this was after your most recent surgery? So that was after my first surgery. And I didn't really have a whole lot of pain or uncomfortability with the cording because I continued to work out. But my problems really didn't start until after the reconstruction surgery, which Mm. was just this October. Yeah. Okay. So explain that. So you had some cording. You were doing what? She gave you exercises? She did. She gave me a bunch of stretches to do, which I did do. Every time, pretty much before I would work out, I would do the exercises. And I had full range of motion. Every time I did the range of motion exercise, that was great. So I just kind of continued working out as normal and thought everything was fine. After I had reconstruction surgery, I was super cautious because I did not want to mess up the implants, the real implants that are supposed to be in for the rest of... yeah time right and so I was like super cautious and didn't move (laughs) so I was super cautious and I didn't want to move and I really just became super tight in my chest and I almost like created this barrier like with my arms and like my shoulders like don't like I can't move don't touch me you did what I did after my surgery it was like you're guarding yourself yes but then the problem is you're not moving and so then it gives the opportunity for everything to stiffen right well and then when I would move it was really uncomfortable and it was kind of painful the pulling sensation like across my whole chest Mm -hmm. was was painful and and I didn't know if it was the healing from the surgery, if it was scar tissue, if it was a problem with the implant. I really didn't know what I was feeling. What did your doctor say? Well, I, you know, honestly, I didn't even really talk to him about that problem because I ended up with what we think was an infection. And right, yes. then it became <laughs> about all the about the infection. And you're putting out a few fires. Right. So yeah. it was just that kind of was like the back door, like mm-hmm. not my priority at that time until I got released then to start kind of working out again. And I knew I had a problem and I really didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. And what is the lymphedema? Were you seeing the lymphedema therapists at I that d- point? I did not go to see the lymphedema specialist because I do not have very many days off of school just because I missed so much. So my days are very limited and it's hard to get into her. And then I did call and you have to have a referral. It was just like this whole yeah. process. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of put it off, hoping I could figure it out on my own. All right. So yeah. I want to kind of yeah. learn more about where you decided to go to address this. But before we do it, before we do that you want to do boobs in the news you guys yes all right boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories boobs in the news boobs in the news boobs in the news 
Okay, guys. So, Jessica, you and Sarah are workout, like, what do they call them? Enthusiasts. G- gym rats. You guys are both. Uh, we work what, out at our home, so. Th- that's what they're called, though, right? Gym rats. Okay, <laughs> sure. so, so. In the garage. You, you, got, you guys both. I'm a garage rat. You guys. I'm a garage rat. rat. I like that. You guys both like to work out. Yes. So I pulled this one for you. The name of it says, the, the title says, I'm a gym bro and ate dog food for the gains. Here's how it worked. I just heard Have about you heard this, this? Oh, but oh, I so didn't read. Know but the I story. didn't. No, I didn't read the story. Uh, apparently, and I don't think we need to guess who the boob is in I'm this scenario. I'm a gym bro and I ate dog food. Uh huh. They do it for the protein. <laughs> Tell me that's healthy for you. Okay, so yeah, that's now, where I draw the line. Now, first of all, there's so much wrong with this. Okay, you guys. This kid, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want this to live in infamy for him when he's trying to get into a school or sure. freaking get a job. But he's 21, so there you go. First, first and foremost, you've got a 21-year-old gym bro, okay? okay? Um, and then the second thing that it says is that he scored 2.8 million views last night on TikTok, which, again, mm, you know how I feel about this. <laughs> You're eating dog food. You were denigrating yourself to the point where you were eating dog food. There are some dog foods likes. out there right now, though, that are literally, it's just it's human food. Okay. Well, this is kibble. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> this man ate kibble. Kibble. Okay. So it says, you know, he did it for the gains, right? It said, this is what he says. I tasted the dry dog food kibble and it tasted like little pieces of rocks. Okay. Yeah. Then stop. He said it was not <laughs> comfortable at all to eat and it was super hard to bite down on. That's weird, right? So it says the gym bros of TikTok will do anything to consume more protein and their latest indulgence is basically this dog food. Okay, he says, and I quote, I definitely wouldn't do it again, because even if the dog food has high protein content, it's definitely not worth it. This is our future. (laughs) These are are the same kids who ate Tide Pods. These are the future leaders of America. I think we are in trouble. Or or we could just flip our mindset and say they are willing to do whatever it takes. True. I like, I like how you're trying to put a positive spin I'm on I'm curious it. how much protein is in the dog food. Like I'm one saying, serving. I'm because I, I've said, seen like I've seen recently those like tubes of like the like real it's like rice and chicken and everything in there and vegetables. Yep. And like you squeeze it out into the dog food bowl and yep. it like looks like a real meal, like a casserole. So they don't say That's what I was in Casserole from a tube. Right. <laughs> They don't Gross. say they don't say how much, but they say okay. There's that a single cup of kibble would have a much higher protein content than even bo- bodybuilders need in a day. And it says for, for reference, real? it says More? for reference, adult men need only about fifty six grams of protein a day. And I guess the dog food is way more than that. But it says overconsuming protein can actually be harmful to human health. Mm-hmm. Well, it says it, a complication can be kidney damage. Oh, yeah, that is true. So I love this, right? So they had a spokesperson from Pedigree, like, comment. Uh and And this is what they said. Pedigree dog food is for dogs. While the food would not be harmful if humans consume it, we don't recommend it. It's like, okay, pedigree. Thanks mm-hmm. for weighing in on that, you know. <laughs> so here's the thing. This kid is not the first person to eat dog food. Apparently, tennis star Serena Williams even dared to munch on her dog, dog's food. Oh, my gosh. In 2016. And she got really sick afterwards. What? What is happening? Why? Why? And you're Serena Williams. Why would you do this? Like, why? Uh, Is it? uh, I was looking up to see how much. Oh, most dry dog foods contain 23 to 27 percent protein. 
Okay. Oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know dogs needed so much protein. And that's in one cup. I mean, it actually explains crazy. serving. Apparently, you don't have to put nutrition facts on dog food. Oh. Didn't know that. Well, they also say that besides for foodborne illness from contamination, like certain dog foods have synthetic form of vitamin K, which can be toxic to humans in high doses. Yeah. <laughs> so then this kid ends this comment with, I would totally rather ha- have a steak. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, it would be cheaper to have the kibble, but oh my god, oh my god! So well, and it has to be hard to digest if it's such if it's hard to chew. Right? Like there's a reason or things don't taste good fiber. or hard. Well, maybe yeah. Oh, I don't know. I will say that my dog has amazing bowel movements. Like I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you need to take some notes. Maybe from I buddy. need to take some kibble. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yes. knows my long history with constipation. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right, oh there's your boobs. Bibs in the news, bibs in the news, bibs in the news. Okay, so you get through your infection, yes. which took a little bit, and then you kind of refocused on the courting, right? Correct. Because it was just uncomfortable. It was, you know, you could work out, but it's just, it's an uncomfortable feeling. Yes. And I think a lot of patients, like, start to develop this mindset of, well, I guess I just have to live like this. Uh-huh. Like, I guess that's just part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't think much can be done or they try traditional therapy and it's not really working. So what did you decide to do? Like, why did you decide to pursue? Well, a friend of mine was asking me about my recovery and she also loves to work out and that's something that we connect on. And so she was asking me about just how I was doing. And then she was telling me her story. She had just recently had a baby and she had to have a C-section. And so she was telling me about her chiropractor that works on her scar line and uses this technique called the Graston technique, which Mm. is just basically soft tissue therapy and to relieve the scar tissue. Mm. And so as she was talking and telling me her story, I like dings went off in my head all over the place because I was like, I have I it was through that conversation. I realized I was having a lot more issues other than just my left shoulder. But although that was very painful and uncomfortable and it kind of always felt like there was this pulling and my range of motion was terrible. I knew there was no way that I was going to be able to hang from a bar or put weight overhead in any sort of workout just with where I was with my range of motion with nothing in my hand. So through her conversation, she referred me to her chiropractor who specializes in rehab and the Graston technique, which is that soft tissue manual therapy. Mm -hmm. So I immediately called him and set up an appointment and went straight in. I knew walking into the office that he was going to be like, who is this lady? Because she's a hot mess because of all of the problems that I had. Because they deal with athletes, though. I know do. who this chiropractor yeah. is, and they are very focused on yes. athletes. So I bet you he didn't think too much of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So he immediately, we kind of prioritized the issues I was having, the left shoulder being the, the focus, because really that was the stem of all the other problems I was having, because there's connective tissue that run from your shoulder up through your neck to your jaw. Well, I had been having jaw pain since the bilateral mastectomy that was wow. un- so uncomfortable. And I didn't know there was really anything I could do about it. I just thought it was st- like the stress and like clenching of the teeth mm-hmm. just because of everything that I was going through. But he immediately then also started along with my shoulder, started working on my neck and like lengthening this muscle. And he would do or still does a facial massage with these muscles as I'm like opening my mouth and closing it. And so a lot of what his work is, it seems like he finds like these trigger points in these areas of tension and then he works to like lengthen 
that muscle or to to do your range of motion, whichever area it is. And through that work, it kind of releases that scar tissue. You know yeah. what that sounds like? It sounds like he's doing counter strain techniques. It does, except his is more of like the traditional physical therapy kind, like lengthening. Yeah, he's more he's more lengthening, like in finding tight lockdown areas. Mm, yeah, interesting. Her, her I, fascial I think- counter strain, she finds stuff far away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the reason I said that was because it was like you were having dysfunction in your shoulder and it was uh, impacting your Your jaw, jaw. which has to be, you know, there has to be that fascia that's connecting those two spots. So I think I'll never forget when we had the massage lady on. And I think you even mentioned this at some point when we were texting where you're like, she said that, you know, anytime there's kind of like scar tissue or anything, it just like spiders out from it and you don't know where it could go, but it could go someplace totally different. Like you could be having hip pain when you had something done with your shoulder, but it could be Correct. from the fact that like it spidered down and that's just where it got caught or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. and that is actually exactly what happened to me also. So not only did I have the jaw pain, but I was having pain in my right hip. So it was oh. the opposite hip of the uh-huh. shoulder. And I didn't realize that until I was released to start laying back on my side after the reconstruction. I would wake up because of the pain in my hip and I couldn't put weight on that side. On my, It was so uncomfortable and then because of my hip, I was having problems in my left foot. So I, I mean, from head to <laughs> you toe. You were literally yeah. going from one side of the body to the other, right. like Zig-zagging. all the way down. Yeah. Right. You know what I think is really interesting about this is that a lot of times the impression given to us by healthcare providers is that if your health, like if you're in good shape, which you are, you work out all the time. That you're going to be fine. That you're going to be fine. You're not yeah. going to have complications. I think it's really interesting with as fit as you are that you still had these things happen. I think. The, the key is that you pursued fixing it. You weren't yeah. just like content with leaving it, you know, lie. And how right. interesting. You saying that you had hip pain makes me think of my hip pain. And I was thinking that it might be like osteopenia, like I need to improve my bone health. It didn't occur to me until you said that, that maybe there's dysfunction at a different part of my body, like on, say, my arm, like where my arm surgery is that's impacting my right hip. Mm-hmm. So it probably is connected. You know what I mean? So that's the next time I see my counter-strength therapist. I'm going to be talking to her about that because that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So you went in to see this chiropractor and did you have immediate relief the first time you saw him? Oh my goodness. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, the, after the first session I walked Mm -hmm. out, I, it was honestly like my, I just felt lighter because of the relief I had. And he actually said that that was kind of uncommon. He said most of the time it takes four to six sessions to really see like that big leap. Mm -hmm. But I had immediate relief after that first session. And then I, I went back twice a week for a few weeks. And then now I'm on once a week. Every time I walk out, I feel amazing. His hands are just so strong and powerful and he like pushes in (laughs) and you just, it like releases it. And it just, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm. I, and I'm going to I'm going to ring his bell again because like he also started working with my husband and my husband is a golfer and a firefighter and works construction. So you can imagine like right. what he sure. does to his body. But when his golf game suffers, that's where he starts to be like, <laughs> I'm angry. And just like to you, like your workouts were suffering. And that's kind of like your hard line where I'm going to I got to fix this. So so he went to go see him and we had been seeing a chiropractor for a while. But and this is where I always like to say it's like not all chiropractors are like the chiropractor you see and it just it wasn't don't you guys feel like there's a lot of suspicion from there the medical is. community about chiropractors yes. oh for sure yeah. i feel like so. they as soon as i use the word chiropractor with a, a traditional like, ah. md they're like Meh. 
Well, and I think it's like you got one bad apple and they think they're all bad. You know, and there there are just like some really knowledgeable chiropractors you, out there. You know what they call a doctor that finishes last in medical school? A doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Right. Sure. So I think that's ironic. It can be said the same about them. Right. Yeah. So anyway, he went and saw him and he had relief immediately. Like yep. he was having some shoulder pain after a golf trip and he was like, my golf game suffered. Ah, you know, and then he came back and he saw him and he was like, I felt he felt better immediately. He came back br- like bl- bruised because he had grass and all over his shoulders yes. and grassing grass and, and, and all yes. this stuff. And he's like, I feel great. And I'm like, you look like you got beat up. Well, grass and hurts. I had yeah. grass and done on my arm. And when the, the surgeon's office who did the surgery did it, they did it super gentle because they knew how sensitive my tissues are. Uh-huh. But if you go to a chiropractor or anybody, a physical therapist, I mean, they take that freaking basically dull knife and just need. Uh, yeah. I mean, was it like that for you? I don't know if my my girl knew like the right technique. It killed. It definitely is painful and it's it's more uncomfortable. It's not like screaming pain, but it's it is uncomfortable. And I think it depends on how tight the area is and like yeah. how hard he massages it. Now, I will say he has started with me. He started very it felt very uncomfortable, but he has just gradually gotten more aggressive in his treatment as we have progressed. He started very cautiously just because sure. I had just had surgery and I was a new patient and I, that's just his, how his he does. His phrase is, I'm yeah. learning your body. Right. Which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very, I think it's very important to find somebody that's edu- that educates you as you are going and everything he says makes sense and I appreciate him being cautious and moving slow Mm -hmm. and he did say because sometimes you can go in and get cracked like aggressively and then your body will actually go back to the way it was even worse Mm -hmm. so for for me he said let's go slow and we'll just gradually build and then your body will just have time to respond and adapt until it's in the right place that it needs to be Hmm. yeah so you had immediate relief. You've continued to see them. Are you so glad that you, I mean, it's just a chance conversation with your friend, right? That, yes. That I, led you to this? But, yes. But we were just talking to our last guest about, you know, how I found her was that I was talking to somebody over coffee and I, they were asking me about my arm and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, guess what's happening? And she's like, well, let me tell you about this person that changed my husband's life. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the... I think that referrals, I mean, that's where it's at. Huge. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can do all the freaking marketing you want, but really what comes down to is people's personal experience. So, right. I mean, and what kind of impact would you say that he's had on your quality of life and your ability to exercise? Oh, he has changed. He has changed the way I feel. I didn't even know how bad I was really feeling until I've started to feel better. And I'm <sighs> like, oh, now I start, I'm starting to feel more like myself again. Mm-hmm. He has become my favorite person that I see every week because- of the way I've responded and his treatment has has worked mm-hmm. for me. And I just am starting to feel like myself. I, I feel like, honestly, I owe him a whole lot more than just my copay. <laughs> I wish I could tip him. <laughs> but I did tell him I will be his testimonial. I was like, he's yeah. good. I feel, I feel like, you know, we need to see if he'll come on the show. Totally. And see if he can kind of talk about his experience with patients, because I'd be yeah. curious to do that. And I think people would be interested. Oh, my gosh. he's He strips my pec. Has he ever done that to you? I'm not sure. Oh, where he has you, like, move your arm this way. Oh, you, yes. Uh, and it's, like, so painful. Yes. But if, if you have implants underneath the pec muscle, like, it just gets so tight. And, yeah. like, so tight. 
see, that's like something I don't have. Like, that's the that's the one thing I don't have is like, I don't have any tightness in my chest. Oh, I don't have tightness either. But when he goes to strip this, it's like immediately I feel like, oh, my chest opens up. Mm. Like, I have the ability to actually pull my shoulder blades together. And like, yeah, you've mentioned your yoga game has been game on. I mean, since literally, my twists are so much better. <laughs> like, I mean, I am all about it. And my goal this year is to pop into a handstand. And if you can't get your arms over your head, mm-hmm. like, that's going to be difficult. It's difficult to do. I mean, yeah. I think we should touch on advocacy for yourself and just yeah. knowing what's normal versus what's not. But before we do that, you want to do the second sponsor? Let's do second sponsor. Let's do it. It's important to have a primary care doctor that you can count on. At BJC Healthcare, world-class and compassionate primary care providers are ready to see you at offices close to home. And you can count on BJC to make it easy with convenient online scheduling, virtual visits, and direct messaging. To find a BJC primary care provider near you and to schedule an appointment online, visit bjc.org forward slash primary care. All right, we're back. What do you guys think in terms of like, I mean, obviously, chiropractic care is one of those things, Jessica, like, have you been to a chiropractor before you saw him? I have. You had. Mm -hmm. So and Sarah, you're a big proponent of chiropractic care. I've enjoyed going to see a chiropractor too. The last time I saw one, he was telling me like how there's different types. There's the the bone crackers, kind of like what you say. (laughs) Cracking goes. Where you just literally go in, they crack you, you know, and you leave. And then there's people that are kind of more focused on the tissues and and things like that and mobility. And then they start, you know, getting real fancy with the lasers and things like that. But I think chiropractic care, you know, my brother-in-law is very skeptical of the medical community in general. He's the guy that won't take an aspirin, you know, mm. which i am gotten to that point too, where I don't take things unless I have to. But he's a carpenter and inevitably his back will act up. And the first thing he does is go see a chiropractor. And I think mm-hmm. that's so interesting that, you know, when people are quality of life is impaired and their golf game suffering or your workouts are suffering, you you're like, who can help fix me like faster? And it always seems like it's the chiropractor. Like they're kind of like the guy you go to when you're like in a, in a, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's like finding a hair lady. A hair lady? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like. A stylist? Yes. A stylist. I don't know. Whatever you call them. A hair cutter. Just somebody. I think the vernacular is stylist. <laughs> okay. Whatever. But you have to trust them. Hair lady. And that they give you results, you know. Yes. Yeah. And that you enjoy the conversation. I feel like the thing with a hair lady, too, is once you find the one you love, you never leave. Yeah, exactly. I think chiropractic care is the same way. When you find somebody that has, you know, changed your life and given you back the things that you love, which that's where I think we need to take this is like, you know, cancer takes so much from you. And if you start seeing your quality of life suffer and you're not being able to do the things you love to do. And you kind of touched on this briefly, Jessica, but I think there's something too when you're not at 100 percent physically it so affects how you feel emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. Even after like I had this major surgery, it I am just now starting to feel like my normal self. And you don't realize how bad it is until you start feeling like your old self and you're like, oh, I was not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was not good. Like this was really impacting me. And I feel like normal, like the most normal I have. And it's like how many women are out there living life subpar Thinking that that's how it's Thinking supposed to that be. that's how yeah. it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, right. that's what mm-hmm. I want to know. I but I suspect a lot. And so what do you, is there anything you want to say to people in terms of if they're experiencing any kind of side effects or just kind of coming down off of what treatment entails? I think it's just really important to listen to your body. And in order to listen to it, at least for me, I have to slow down a little bit because I just am kind of like a go, go, go type person. And so when I stop and I sit and I think and I reflect 
then I have the opportunity to hear what my body is telling me. And I think that growing up in before life before cancer, I would kind of ignore my body and put it on the back burner like, oh, I can do this. I got this. I can run. I can lift. I can stay up late. I can get up early. And just I never really gave my body the opportunity to rest and to recover. And I think that that is one thing that I've learned is to listen to my body and I'm my body's biggest advocate. So if I am not listening to it, then it's going to just be more stressed out and not able to do what it's supposed to be doing. Mm, it'll send you the signs. I think yep, it yep. does. I do think your body talks to you and you're absolutely right. Like I have spent years ignoring my body. Yeah. And you know what? That comes home to roost. So you got to undo all <laughs> yes. those bad habits. But it's kind of a journey, right? Like are you yeah. enjoying getting to know your body again in a new way? Or uh, is it is it like... Ugh. No, I definitely am enjoying it. And it's it's been really good because I think when you do slow down, you... I feel like I was always appreciative. Like I never felt like I didn't have that, but I feel like even more so now I appreciate the moment and what I'm doing and just not being so rushed through life. It's like that song, I'm in a hurry to get things done and I don't know really what I'm doing. Um, That was kind of like my theme of my life. Mm -hmm. And now I've taken a step back and stopped it and and listening to what my body's trying to tell me to do and enjoy it more. I think it's like watching a movie the sec- for the second time after you've watched it the first time. You're like, I know this. But then you see things that you didn't see before. Right. You're like, oh, well, I'm picking up on new things. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Well, 100%. thanks for being here and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. This is yeah. fun. All right, guys. Until next time. See ya. Thank you for being a listener of the Besties with Breasties podcast. If this podcast had a positive impact on your journey, leave us a review or consider becoming a supporter. You can donate with the link in the show notes or at faiththroughfire.org. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus, audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies.